How's it going, everybody? My name's Davey. This is the Give Him Hell podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, just a one housekeeping note this week. Uh, I On my radar, there wasn't really too terribly much as far as like releases are concerned. Uh, but like one big thing that I woke up to that uh, I was really, really just kind of like, oh, well, that... I, I gotta, I, I gotta get that out there. Like, whether you, whether you listen to this podcast, like, for recommendations or, like, listen to it for bands that you already know and love, uh, I wake up very, very early and, uh, get ready for work and stuff like that. And I always make sure that I have time to, like, catch up on my news and, like, whether it be, like, music news and this, that, and 12 other things. But, uh, the big thing that I took away before I even went into work this morning was, uh, the street dogs from Boston, Massachusetts are calling it quits. They are doing, uh, St. Patrick's Day run on the west coast with the mad caddies and vlogging molly and then it sounds like they're gonna do like one hometown throwdown and then that's it i mean like for 17 years this band has been a a, a staple like i think uh, i think they came in to my frame of reference back in 2003 or 2004 but since then like that band has been there like they've just been huge they they've been if you've never listened to the street dogs it's the original lead singer of dropkick murphys and like it's basically like what they eventually became was just like a boston like all-star punk band and uh like i said with like spanish love songs last week and what i will say about the street dogs this week is i would absolutely love to do an episode on the street dogs one day Uh, i just need to figure out which fucking album i would want to do because they're all so fucking good like so, kind of, kind of got me, got me in a different, different headspace this morning, and I almost thought about like overcorrecting and like coming home and doing a bunch of research and you know throwing something together last minute, and like I can't even speak to everything that I have today as to whether it's going to be like on par with you know time and everything else uh, as far as like the episodes that I normally do because I was trying to do a dry run last night and I I came up really really short and I I hope my notes will carry me and I hope the things that I came up with last minute will get me there but uh again street dogs Boston Massachusetts they're calling it quits guys like you get the opportunity to see them like on their west coast tour with flogging molly and the mad caddies don't miss this opportunity the street dogs are one of my favorite bands to see live i mean they are so consistent they give everything that they have every single time and i have like it's one of those bands that like i just kind of grew up with and um it's it's the best parts of everything that you love about like dropkick murphys and like street punk and rock and roll and it's all blended really really well together and it's completely worth checking out that said for valentine's day i know that i said that we were gonna go up to milwaukee or we were gonna go to wisconsin it was gonna be madison wisconsin specifically uh but I'm just going to fucking come out and say it. Like, I wanted to do an episode on Mass Intruder's self-titled album. And there, if you know anything about Mass Intruder, that's awesome. Then you completely know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, like, Mass Intruder is a band with a shtick where they all wear ski masks. And, like, it's a hopeless romantic style pop punk band. And they, you know, there's a lot of, like, talking about, like, robbing people and things like that. Um, but when you have a band like that, it's, there's just no information. Like, I, I, I ended up having more information on Red Scare Records, uh, 
than I did anything of Mass Intruder and like maybe one or two personal experiences, which I already talked about one of them in the dopamines episode. So I ditched that last minute. I I was like, you know what? I could probably come back to that at some certain point in time. Like maybe, maybe if like I get the kind of following that I want. I mean, it's not like Mass Intruder is crazy and accessible, but you know, like maybe, maybe trying to get somebody on the line or something like that. And I, I know like my twin brother has a hookup with the band and stuff like that. So you know, maybe, maybe we can do that another time. If not, like Mass Intruder self-titled album. It's a fun record. It's really, really fun for Valentine's Day. So as I like completely bailed on that, I was, uh, I was going through my records and I was just like, ah, you know, looking at them. I was like, I could do Bouncing Souls record. I could do a Lucero record. I could do this, that I could do a Gaslight Anthem record. I could do like uh, best, uh, like my favorite, like punk rock, ska, love songs, stuff like that. Uh, but what I ended up landing on was a band from Chicago, Illinois that I fell in love with really, really young. I think I was a freshman in high school or eighth grade, something like that. Uh, I landed on a band called Alistair from Chicago, Illinois, and their album, Last Stop Suburbia. This is the band's second album, and it was released in 2002 on Drive Through Records. The band had one prior album before that called Dead Ends and Girlfriends, and that was also released on Drive Through Records. And... We'll dig into drive through records because I there will be names that you will know, and I promise you, you will know. Like Whether you know a majority of the music that I talk about on this podcast or not, it means absolutely nothing with some of the names that I will bring up later. Uh, we're also going to get into a fight with a couple of reviews. Uh, but just a little bit background on Alistair's history. Like if Again, if you're not familiar with them, and like I said, I kind of chose this like very specifically because today is valentine's day like i'm not doing shit i'm just hanging out with finn so i got nothing but time to talk to you guys uh but that said uh alistair is an american pop punk band from chicago the four piece formed in 1994 the original band members were still in high school and uh the band was originally named phineas gage in 1998, Alistair became one of the first bands to sign to Drive Through Records. And as somebody that was in a band in high school, I couldn't even fucking fathom like the idea of like, oh yeah, we're gonna sign you. We're we're gonna sign you, we're gonna put this out. And especially being a Midwest kid and drive through records is a California-based record label. Like, how the fuck do you find that? Especially back in this day and age. Like, whether there was a hub or something like that, like, Alistair got out, like, really, really clean because there's a record label from Chicago called Victory, and they have a really, really good tendency of just fucking over musicians. Like, that is a whole, whole big fucking thing. But you should really, really look into it with bands like Streetlight Manifesto and The Tossers. Streetlight Manifesto is from New Jersey. The Tossers are from Chicago. And they have both had horrible experiences with Victory Records. But Alistair came out clean like they got with a really, really good record label. And with it being Drive Through, and Drive Through is a California-based indie label uh, that's owned by sub- siblings Richard and Stephanie Rains. Ryan's? Reins? I think I'm killing it. Like... I'm doing a really good job with the last name. I think it's Reigns. Uh, but the label was noted for popularizing uh, pop punk and emo in the early to mid-2000s. Uh, this label went through so fucking much. I mean, like, it. I was I was looking, like, through their history and stuff like that. Like, not just their discography, but, like, you know, just what, what was going on with this record label at this time. And 
like some of the bands they touched like yeah sure like they're all very notable but like this band went through like acquisition dissolvement hiatus like a hundred other things like the fact that this band or this label is still like even considered a label really 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 surprises me but like, technically drive Through records is on hiatus right now uh but uh they uh they got like acquired by like mcu and stuff like that like not not the marvel cinematic universe calm down it, calm down uh i think it was Mer- it was mercury records um that uh acquired them and uh but they there was this whole thing with like touch touch and go like touch touch and go like okay well you can keep these bands but we want to release these bands kind of deal uh, so it, it was just, it was a lot and it was a lot that I really didn't understand because I don't understand the logistics of like dissolvement and acquisitions and really any, anything in that, like I have only ever been like on the music and I have never been on like the distribution end or dealt that really, that really dealt that closely with any of it, especially, you know, being coming from like an independent band background, like it just, it really never like set with me like oh these are very real problems that could happen but before really all of that happened and i'm the some of the bands that i'm getting ready to say will take you back to a place in time that you might not have thought about for a really long time uh but or even knew that like some of these bands like whether they got their start or were affiliated with this label in any sense of in any sense of the word like it'll it it, it took me back. Like I was like, I knew a couple, but I didn't know like to what extent, uh, some of the bands on the roster for drive through records were dashboard confessional Finch, hello, goodbye, newfound glory, census fail, something corporate. And among so many others, like, I'm not even talking about like RX bandits or, uh, fucking, uh, what's, what's their name? Uh, the starting line, the starting line was also on there. And like, I found out, I found out about a lot of bands through drive through records because they're 2003, uh, summer sampler that they were handing out at Warp Tour. That was the by the first. That was the first time that I heard Alistair, and that was also the first time uh, that I heard Hello Goodbye. Uh, and I think the single. Uh, I think one of the singles. I think it was a uh, Last Stop uh, from Last Stop Suburbia, uh, somewhere down on Fullerton, was on that. And as soon as I fucking heard that, I knew that this was a band that I really, really wanted to dig into. And I mean. This was pre me getting pre me getting onto MySpace or anything like that. So like I was just on Drive Through Records website constantly, like listening to these singles and every everything in between. Like I wanted I wanted to touch as much of this band as I possibly could, and I got very very lucky because they ended up playing the 2004 Warp Tour, uh, which was the second year that I had gone uh, would be going to Warp Tour. And I spent an entire year on drive through records listening to like the same four songs from this one fucking band. All and they were all singles from Last Stop Suburbia. And I liked every single one of them. I think the singles at the time were um Somewhere Down on Fullerton, uh Overrated, Matchsticks, and maybe, maybe one more that is a uh, escaping me a little bit but uh either way like i had this screen pulled up like i would spend some weekends with my grandparents or anything like that and like i would just get on their desktop computer and like i just wanted to hear alistair like i was hearing listening to alistair so fucking much and i mean like and just as much as i was listening to alistair like i was also really getting the hello goodbye at this point um 
But one of the things, one of the other things that I was kind of surprised with when I was like, you know, going around and digging uh, was uh, Last Stop Suburbia charted at number nine on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart. And uh, I, I was really, really impressed. I, I, I don't know. I really need to start looking at these charts that these bands are on. That way I can get like, you know, a beat for like what they were going up against and, and things like that. Like, what the fuck do you call a heat seeker in 2002? Like, I, it, it just, it sounds like a really broad brush, but I mean, like, you know, to be charted at number nine, like that's still nothing to like bat your eyes about. Um, also, uh, Buzzfeed put it on uh, 36 pop punk albums you need to hear before you fucking die list. And uh, they listed Last Up Suburbia as number 30. And, you know, I mean, if you're talking about like pop punk and shit like that, like I think number 30, if, if you need to listen to 30, what, 36 pop punk albums before you fucking die, uh, I'd say Last Up Suburbia is totally, yeah, it's absolutely on that list. Um, I, I was going through reviews, man, and I, we'll get, we'll get into the, we'll get into the punk news one here in a second, but one of the first ones that popped up, uh, called this, uh, called Last Up Suburbia, typical drive through pop punk fodder, which, bullshit, like, absolute fucking bullshit, if you want to talk about fucking drive through fodder, like, Senses Fail is nowhere near, like, the style of music that Alistair is, like, Halifax was so far removed, like, Hello Goodbye was their own thing, like, I think the closest that we could be talking about, like, especially for 2002 with fucking drive through Records, I think the closest that you could get is Newfound Glory, and Newfound Glory had already done Sticks and Stones, like, they were on the come up to Catalyst and shit like that, Catalyst was completely different sounding, you cannot... You cannot say fucking fodder when it sounds completely fucking different. If you want to talk about fucking fodder for that fucking record label, I would say fucking Halifax. I would say the early November. I would say something corporate. And I would say, well, what's the, what's the other one? That, uh, the starting line. I would absolutely say if you want to say fucking fodder for a record label, those those are the bands for drive through. Like, 110 times over. Like, Alistair stood out for what the label was. They were really, really good. They were really tight. They were really catchy. And they, for the most part, like they were a band from an area that most of the bands on that label, on, on that label weren't from. So they had a different sound. They had a different point of view and it really fucking shows. Cause I mean, we say Chicago, uh, the band lists themselves as, uh, as from Chicago, but I mean, they're, they're, they're the kids from the sh- suburbs of Chicago. I mean, like go to fucking Chicago, like talk to anybody at any bar, just like, where do you live? Like, Oh, I live in Chicago. Like, okay. What part do you live in? And then they'll just be like, oh, I live, I, I live in a fucking suburb. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you don't live in Chicago and you know, neither did Alistair when they were fucking kids. And now they do. And, uh, we'll get into how I know that in just a little bit. Um, but seeing that, that was one of my first, like that was hour one of doing research. And I was just like, this isn't going to go well for the rest of the time. I can already tell, but if you remember, I've been waiting for this moment because I love defending my points. I love defending my stance. And here we go with the punk news review. And I didn't take almost fuck all from it. Like, I will give you the highlights because they it, the, the review is just like screaming into an echo chamber about like 
it's not good. Like, okay, but why isn't it good? Uh, so punknews.org gave it two stars. And like I said, without digging really, really too deep, I mean, the, the biggest quote, and I mean, like, it is littered, littered all over this fucking review. It says, too poppy and radio friendly. It's fucking pop punk. What the fuck do you want? Like, seriously, what what more do you want from a pop punk band than being poppy? And I mean, fuck radio friendly. Like, this is 2002. Like, there's still, like, the genre, the genre of, like, pop punk that I consider now, like, I think it's more considered melodic punk. I mean, if you want to talk about, like, pop punk, like... That genre, the wheels just totally fucking fell off. But I mean, like, we're not ta- we're not talking pop punk. We're not talking about like the queers or like screeching weasel or anything like that. Like, we're talking about a modern pop punk band. Like, you should be able to fucking chew bubble gum. Like, you should be able to like put it on a mix CD for a girl. Like, they this uh, the whole fucking review just screams too poppy and radio friendly. What the fuck? Like, that is not that is not an argument at all like that is not an argument at fucking all like so fucking what if it fits on the radio like and honestly in 2002 i don't even think that this could fit on the radio granted there are a few songs like there are a few songs that i could absolutely hear on the radio but i mean like in 2002 no one was fucking no no like major station was like picking up alistair singles and being like we need this band in rotation constantly no they were getting overlooked at the time i mean they were getting passed up by bands like the starting line and newfound glory and since his fail hell even since his fail and i mean like that's that's like the fuse network like passing them up because the somewhere now in fullerton music video just wasn't up to snuff like i have a really really big problem with this because i don't know like if this album like i who i don't know how old the fucking person was that was reviewing Last Stop Suburbia that gave it two stars. But in 2002, I was 13 years old. When I saw them, I was 14 years old. That's, I, this album, it, it, it hit all my marks. Like it, it, it had love songs. It had songs about growing up. Uh, they were a regional band. Like it hit everything for me. And I mean, yeah, I get it. Like if you're 28, or something like that, and you listen to this, and, like, you're trying to, like, give it an honest first listen, and then you're going to professionally review it, I definitely understand how it cannot land, but, like, understand the fucking audience for this album, like, this album totally hits the spot for, like, any teenage kid, like, going through what the fuck ever, and I mean, like, there are songs about rejection, there are songs about, like, coming of age, and, like, they're not, they're not, like, bad songs, it's just, they're, for younger people and and i say that as somebody that's 30 and i don't know if it's because i grew up with this record that it still totally fucking lands with me but i mean like i listened to last stop suburbia i bought the album when i saw alistair play at that very first warp tour uh the the first warp tour that i saw them at my second one uh i bought it and that i played that album almost till it fucking stopped playing because I love the lyrics. I thought that they were adorable. I thought they were kitschy. And I can't tell you how many mixtapes or CDs I made for girls. Like on a date, like going on a first date or Valentine's Day today. Or like be making like a thoughtful Christmas present that included like a mix CD. 
almost every single time Alistair was on this list. Uh, Alistair, a song from Last Stop Suburbia. Whether it be whether it be fucking uh, Scratch, whether it be Matchsticks, uh, Don't Think Twice, uh, Waiting for You, like so many of these songs, like in one way or another, were making their way onto this because I fuck, I fucking love the lyrics, and I thought that it was catchy, and I thought that it was approachable, and I think in the entire, uh, I don't know whole idea of me making CDs for girls like and kind of be like woo check this out I like you and I put a bunch of songs that make me think of you on a on a CD Elster made every single one of them and I I don't regret a thing and I only got one handed off to somebody else she didn't tell me to my face and it didn't work out very long which that's okay but I'm not bitter about it. I just have really good taste in music, or at least I think I do. And you got a lot of fucking balls and nerve to fucking just give it to somebody else, which is fine. That's fine. I hope that I hope that that somebody else enjoyed it. Ugh. Anyway, sorry for sorry for the fucking rambling, but I I, I speak I I'm speaking from this like point of view. Like, yes, maybe I was the target audience or this, that, or 12 other things. But like, I, I feel a, in my, in our family, in my family, I mean, we're family, but we also haven't met most of we, whether we've met or not, like that's a different kind of family in my blood family, every, like between my twin brother and my older sister or my little sister and myself like the three of us like we constantly are like looking for bands to like show each other and then like when that person finds a new band it's like a sense of ownership like a real real sense of ownership it's just like yeah no like we're going to see this band and i fucking found them so i get first like i get first dibs at like whatever the fun is going to be like whether it's driving there and like smoking a joint and then being up front like you're the you're gonna be the one that's responsible it's just like we all kind of have like these ticks and marks it's just like okay so we're gonna go see this band hillary found them so she gets to do this or, or like this is her favorite band or corbin this is corbin's favorite band so hillary and i are gonna do this alistair has been i think was the first band for me personally amongst the three of us uh, that I listened to that I was just like, we should listen to this. We should really listen to this. And if you remember anything from my Unseen episode, like this was at a point in time where my twin brother was listening to Street Punk and he fucking hated it. He eventually came around, but I have always felt like the sense of ownership of not only this band, but this this album in particular. And I, if if you like look at the light, the liner notes and stuff like that, the song Somewhere Down on Fullerton uh, was ri- was written for the Fireside Bowl uh, right right during its closing. I think that there was a comp that was put together that was trying to like raise funds, uh, if I remember correctly. I was definitely like around for whatever was happening with the Fireside Bowl at that time. Uh, but they made Somewhere Down on Fullerton uh, for this album and for the Fireside Bowl. And... If you've never heard anything about the Fireside Bowl, uh, A, Google Pictures, and B, really the only other thing you need to know, is the Fireside Bowl was voted Worst Bathrooms in Chicago. Uh, so 
that's a really, really big city. Uh, and if you can imagine having the worst bathrooms in there, uh, it's basically like if the Emerson Theater here in Indianapolis quit caring. Uh, so that's kind of fucking fun. But Alistair has constantly been coming into my realm, like whether, what, like musically or not, like the band, the band went on a hiatus and after, uh, was it? Yeah. The band went on hiatus, uh, after the 2005 release of Before the Blackout and Before the Blackout, like I bought it at Best Buy. I listened to the shit out of it. It was a little bit more mature and I still really, really liked it because it still had that like pop punk sensibility. You could just tell like, this is definitely them getting a little bit older. And the older I got, the more I liked it better, uh, not, not better than Last Stop Suburbia. Last Stop Suburbia has its place in my heart and I will never fucking quit it. But, uh, <clears throat> But until uh, 2010, uh, the band went on a release, or or, eh, went on a hiatus, and uh, they released uh, Countdown to Nowhere in 2010, uh, followed by Life Behind Machines in 2012. Uh, And Life Behind Machines is very different. It sounds very, very different for what this band was versus what this band is and i mean we're, we're talking 2012 like it's 2020 like it eight years is a long fucking time uh without any new material any brand new material uh but i mean what they came out with they came out with swinging and life behind machines is dope and i still really really like it but like i was saying about like even during that time i think it was a junior junior i think it may be a senior so like we're knocking down like 2000, 2007, late, late 2007, early 2008, a buddy of mine uh, at school comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm going to Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go buy this, uh, custom GPC guitar. Uh, it looks exactly like, uh, Matt Skiba's, uh, from Alkaline Trio. I'm just like, so what, what do you want me to do? He's like, I just want you to ride with me. I was like, is it free? He was like, yeah, I just need somebody to go with me. So... We got out of school. I went home. Like, I think I told my fucking mom that I was going to band practice or something like that. Like, it it was a definite lie. Uh, there was no way I was getting away with being like, hey, I'm just going up to Chicago for like 50 minutes and then turning around and coming back to Indianapolis uh, with my one friend that you don't like. Um, but... So I got away with it, uh, ended up in the car, you know, knock up the two and a half hours, three and a half by the time you get through Chicago traffic, god damn it. Uh, we end up uh, right off Fullerton and uh, in a small neighborhood, and we go in through this garage where there's a fucking hot tub in the garage and linoleum flooring, and th- this guy walks through the, like, they're texting, and this guy walks through the fucking gu- uh, door uh, that leads to the house, and it's the guitar player for Alistair, and, like, I was just like, okay, am I going to be cool or am I not going to be cool? I wasn't really that fucking cool. I tried to be. I really, really fucking tried to be. But they they did their transaction or whatever. And like when they were shaking hands, I was just like looking at my feet, like running my foot across the ground. I was like, I'm a really big fan of your band. I really, really like you guys. Didn't even look them in the face, turned around, and we went back to Indianapolis. Because that's what happens when I meet fucking people in bands that I like. I just fucking blow it every single time. If you give me the chance to talk to a fucking wall, I will talk to a fucking wall. If you give me the chance to meet somebody that I fucking respect, I will 
a hundred times over. Blow it. Like, I I met Albar walking through, Albar, the lead singer of Dropkick Murphys, walking through an alley to go take a piss behind a venue before they were playing in the middle of winter in Chicago. And I was walking by and I had a shirt on that said, I'm a mess. And I had a bandana over my face because it was freezing fucking cold and we were waiting outside for hours on end. And I walked by and I just stopped and I go, you're Albar? He's like, yeah. I was like, I'm really excited to see you. He goes, thanks. I was like, I'm going to go piss in that corner. And then I just walked away. Like, I had every opportunity to gush and, like, even just take, like, two seconds to say, like, hey, thank you for what you do. But I don't even get that out because I'm fucking the worst. Anyway, Last Stop Suburbia, it might, it might be an album of its time. It might be an album for a certain age group. I don't give a fuck. I would, whether I was the age group, whether I, this is, this is an album that deserves to be where it is. Last Stop Suburbia is fucking adorable. Whether you're just getting into punk or what, whether you're just getting into pop punk, whether you're like exploring like other avenues, Last Stop Suburbia is a great fucking place to start. Like even if you, even if you want to get into punk rock, like Last Stop Suburbia is a great place to get the feel and understanding. And the album before that, Dead Ends and Girlfriends, is also a great fucking place to start. Because you get you get these big melodies, you get these big hooks, like you get these big lead guitar lines, and it's very, very, very approachable. Nothing goes too terribly deep. Like you're they're not breaking new ground, but what they talk about is definitely definitely relatable. And if you're st- if like I said, if you're trying to like break into this or like go down other avenues, like drive through records in general, like go through their fucking discography, like it is completely fucking worth it. Like there are so many fucking bands on this record label that are a great place to just start. Like, g- granted, the older discographies, like. That is what I would recommend. I'm not sitting here saying, like, Hello Goodbye just released a new album, and it's fucking dope. It's whack. Like, it is not the same band anymore. It is not the band that I ditched my family on Easter to go see and had one of the best nights of my life at that time. But Last Stop Suburbia is a great fucking place to start, and the lyric content is adorable. It is completely on brand for this band. Like it, the only the only problem that I think anybody had with it was because it was produced well. Like if you listen to Dead Ends and Girlfriends, like it's a good album, but it's not as well produced. I think Dead Ends and Girlfriends would sound the exact fucking same if it were produced as well as Last Stop Suburbia. Like I said. The band did go on a hiatus, and their last album was released in 2012. But here's one of the things that I really, really, really like. I was just, I was just fucking dicking around, just not, not even fucking trying. Just like listening to like old Alistair records. Like I got, a, I got a few, uh, not a lot, but I mean, some of it's pretty hard to fucking come by on vinyl. Uh, but I was just like, you know, looking, looking up the discography, and I found out that they had an album called Best of. 20 years and counting and I listened to it and the first thing that I noticed was these are not it's not like they just like picked like picked songs from old albums and just like threw them on a comp they re-recorded all of these songs so you know what the band sounds like today like and I got I'm really fucking surprised like pop 
pop punk is tough. It's really, it's really fucking tough to release an album in 2002 and sound just as fucking good recorded in 2019, if not fucking better. All right, that is a great place to start before you start digging in the old stuff because it gives you a good overview of what the band actually is and what they sound like today. And they don't really fucking play. And I really wish they would. I want that fucking opportunity again to see them. I want to catch that fucking feeling. And what I what I love about this band is I know that people my age are still in that audience. Like, we didn't lose it. We didn't lose it. We didn't agree with punknews.org. We are the people that kept buying records by this band that kept them fucking going. Even off their fucking hiatus. All the way to fucking now. And they take eight years, or what is it? Eight, seven years. God damn it. They take seven years and they re record all these old songs and they still sound just as fucking good. Like, I love it. I, I'm absolutely here for it. I, I think that they did a fantastic job with best of 20 years and counting. And I hope, like, on fucking holy hell, that whether they do a fucking like short run tour or anything like that. It's not like they're fucking far. They're in fucking Chicago. Dude, I'm in fucking Indianapolis. I can knock up to fucking Chicago. That's not a fucking big ask. But if you want a place to start, best of 20 years and counting is a good place to start. If you want a good fucking album to listen to in its entirety that totally speaks to the caliber of this fucking band, Last Stop Suburbia is the place that I would recommend you starting. Thank you so much. My name's Davey. Give him hell. Thank you so much for listening today. I was a little worried that it was going to be a short episode. Like I said at the beginning, I had done a dry run last night and it was it was pretty fucking short, but I I feel like I feel like we got there and it's the first episode in a long time where Finn's Finn's had a Finn's had a bark, but he only did one bark and that's okay. That's okay. It's just one bark. He had a long day. He had a very long day. He got new toys and treats. He's all excited. But I had to do this for you guys. Um, Like I always say, I'm here. I'm available. I would love to hear your voices. I have no idea what we're doing this week. We are on the ramp up to the St. Patrick's Day episode. And I am really, really excited about it. Uh, So I think I'm going to pick like a hang around that I've had. Kind of just, you know pinned up uh, and haven't really dug too terribly deep into it yet, but I think, I think we might be going to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Talk about some clockwork punk. Uh, yeah, no, let's do that again. Thank you so much. If you want to get a hold of me, you know where to find me. If you don't know where to find me, get a hold of me on here. Give them hell. Like how I keep constantly talking about like these threads.